Hello and welcome back to The Movies Made Us Do It. Me and Matt are back. How are you, Matt? I'm pretty good, sir. How are you? I am very well. There's been some announcements in the last couple of weeks. Uh, made me excited, so I'm, I'm in good mood. It's a good time to be me. In terms okay, of, then. In terms of film and stuff, you know, some exciting good. announcements. We'll get to those a little later, I guess. Brilliant. Uh, you might already have them, because you normally take care of the news, so, you know, I don't know. I don't, I've, only got, I've, only, I've only got sort of one good one and two sad ones, really. Oh, well, I've got two great ones for me, so that, that's good. Good, okay, that's good. Um, do you want to go first with the movies? Uh, sure. Because you've movies. definitely seen more than I have. Yeah, so uh, well, I, I, I was going to start with um, a series, actually. I was going to start okay. with um, I was going to start with Kevin Curiosities. Cabinet of Curiosities. I have not watched a single episode yet, but I have heard very good things generally. Yeah. So it's um it's it's obviously it's uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, yeah. baby, and it's an anthology series. And each episode in a sort of um, Alfred Hitchcock presents type thing, he, you get him a little intro from him, and he's this really cool um, cabinet that he sort of walks around and opens various drawers and things and pulls out things and then he says he's you know he introduces the thing and then he says uh what the story's called and he puts down a little object that relates to the story and then he puts down like a little ivory figurine of the director and says it's directed by this person and it's like yeah. that's cool i really like that i mm-hmm. highly approve of that yeah uh so <clears throat> we've got um lot 36 uh yeah lot 36 uh graveyard rats the Autopsy, The Outside, Pickman's Model, Dreams of a Witch House, The Viewing, and The Murmuring. Uh, two of them are uh, Cthulhu adapts. Right. So they're, 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 so that they're. He's, a, he's a huge. He uh, really Lovecraft is. Lovecraft yeah. fan, so yeah. Um, and some of them, uh, and the most of the others are sort of very um, Cthulhu infringed. I mean. But, you know, even though they're not specifically Cthulhu yeah, sure, stories, they're, they're themes. They've got. Yeah. I mean, the, the graveyard rats. There's a there's a, a scene where the guy. So it, it, that story is. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, David Howlett, who was in um, Stargate stuff. He was the Doctor in Stargate uh, Atlantis, I think. Right. Um, he so he's this guy who basically robs graves. He sort of digs people. I mean, but. Um, he's got this fear of rats and um, <laughs> the rats keep taking the, the, the bodies before he gets there and obviously he ends up in these he's in he's got debts and he needs this the, you know more and more of these gold teeth and trinkets from dead bodies and he ends up in the tunnels beneath this sort or of graveyard and there's like a encounter with stuff but the, but he finds a, a dead body with a basically a, a, a symbol of cthulhu on it right. so you, you know they, they've they've nearly all got that sort of weird tales feel to them yeah uh that story in particular i think was it, it was it's the short that's the shortest one it's only like 30 minutes long mm-hmm. um and it's quite funny it's um uh it's it's not one of the better ones but it, it is abusing and uh Weirdly, for for a thirty minute one, it does feel like it drags, which is which is odd. It's the shortest one, but it feels like it drags. Right. <laughs> I think the best one is the autopsy, okay. uh, which has uh, F. Murray Abraham and uh, Glyn Truman in it. Right. And that's 
set in the in the I think it's the fifties or early sixties, and it's about um, a explode. Well, it starts off as a sort of an explosion in a in a, a mine. Uh, you, so it's like some guy's gone a bit nuts, and he's he set off this weird device in a in a mine, and um, the sheriff calls in uh, F. Murray Abraham's uh, doctor to do the autopsy on all the the bodies, and he explains that um, they've had a, a number of disappearances lately, and they did find a body that had had the flesh cut off of it, but it was drained of blood so the, it was the the wounds were you know not bleeding they were they yeah. it was already sort of you know cauterized and stuff and they sort of they set this trap for it to come by that comes to collect the body but it doesn't work and two more people go missing so yeah. the sheriff's is you know is easy is wits end and there's, there's this sort of there's this uh, issue with the insurance and stuff about the the mine and f Murray abraham's is, is um this this sort of insurance um, coroner, and he comes into sort of, and I, I'm not, I won't spoil it, it, but I will say, obviously, weird stuff is happening with the bodies, and it is really fucking good. It's real. It's, um, I think it's probably the 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 the, the, the best horror horror type one. It's it's right. I. I, I Oh, it's so hard not to try and give anything away. Don't worry, um, I've got a film coming up that I'm I'm really going to struggle to talk about <laughs> for the same all reason. I, all I'll say is it's it's the best. It's certainly it was, certainly for me it was the best one, and you know okay. it's F. Mary Abraham, and he's amazing, and okay. and um, Glenn Truman, who's who's been in loads of really great movies as well. Hmm. Um, so the other one that I think was really good uh, was the viewing, which. Uh, was directed by um panos cosmatos who did mandy oh cool so i would say you already kind of know what sort of you're you're getting sure yeah yeah well visually i do um, and it's it's that's a sort of 70s based one of course um, it is it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's 70s got, italian horror yeah <laughs> it's got an amazing cast it's got uh peter weller oh nice uh, eric andre sophia batella uh, Charlene, uh, Charlene uh, Yee, and that one's about a so Peter Weller is this um, reclusive sort of billionaire who lives in this uh, weirdly designed mansion that um, is, invites these three, uh, not three, this invites these five, is it five, four, five people to come and see a viewing of something spectacular. Right. And they they get these messages. They turn up. They have no idea. What, they're going to see or who they've only sort of vague have a vague you know knowledge of this guy mm. and you know one's a, a horror writer one's a music producer one's a scientist and one's a psychic so yeah it's it is for and um they're taken to they sort of they get into this van and the the guy said tells them it uh you know they all sort of have a little bit of a, a chit chat then the guy sort of turns up this volume on this thing and says from now, from this moment on, he wishes you not to discuss anything and just listen to the ambience of the music. And you think, okay, well, this is fucking weird. And then they get taken to this weird mansion where all these, like, first they get, get shown through this garden where these weird plants are grown. And then they get into this weird, incredibly 70s room um, where he sort of, Peter Weller gives them sort of drugs and 
tells them that you know he's he's this place was designed by someone that only designs things for him and you know he's only he's got a whole music library of music that was only made for him and no one else will ever hear it right. and stuff like that and Just again like the most ludicrous success uh, yeah again i won't go into spoilers but it is very uh cosmatos it's mm-hmm. it's really stylish it's really uh sort of 70s lens flare nice. um it's you know diffused colors and stuff and oh it's it's re- i really like that one it's it's sort of the ending with felt a little bit weird it did feel like um it was going to go one way and then goes another way and then it sort of ends right. and you're like oh okay that was a bit odd but it's it's really good um i think some of the weaker ones are um the outside um which is has Kate Micucci and Martin Starr, and that's about a this um, woman who is, you know, she's she's considered ugly. I mean, it's Kate Micucci, so you know she's got a very quirky look. But they've 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 made her even uglier. You know, they've given her these weird contacts and weird teeth. Right. And um, her she works in a, this one's very eighties, um, which is it's it's weird. It's very eighties, but they've also have modern technology as well. So they've got modern phones. So it's very weird, but. Um, she well, like, uh, is filmed in an eighties style. Or... Yeah, they're wearing eighties clothes and okay. stuff and eighties cars, but they they've got sort of phones and things, so it's a bit okay. It's a bit it's like a... Batman the Animated Series, where yeah, like weird out of time kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, so her 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 sort of the people she works with are all perfect, and you know they've all got the, they they use this Arlo Glow stuff, which is or Arlo Glow, which is this um, cream. And she gets, she ends up getting some, and it does weird things to her. And it's, it, it's got this performance from Dan Stevens, who is the sort of representative on television of this Hello Glow stuff. And he talks to her through the TV, and he's got the most ludicrous accent. It's, it's hilarious. Um, but it's, it's it, even that one is, it's, I think it's one of the weaker ones, but it's quite, it's interesting, it's entertaining, and that's um, Anne Lily uh, and Rapport. Mm-hmm. Who directed uh, Girl Who Walks Home Alone? Which I really love that. That's a really great movie. Yeah. Um, the others are, you know, various. I one thing I did find is they so there's a, the two Lovecraft adaptions, Pickman's Model and uh, Dreams in a Witch House. Um, the Pickman's Model that's got Ben Barnes and Crispin Glover in it, mm-hmm. and Crispin Glover is doing this ridiculous. Um, Boston accent, right? Which sort of swerves into Irish from time to time. Which I think the the Boston accent is vaguely Irish anyway, isn't it? I think there is kind of a twang think, to it, isn't there? Yeah, sure. this one this one does go into the more Irish type uh-huh. accent as, as we. Um, but it's. Do you it's know, I never thought about that, but now that you've said it, yeah, the Boston accent does have a bit yeah, of that I kind of Irish. There's there's a very big. Oh, there's Irish, a big Irish community for sure. Community in, 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 and I think that's I think that's where the sort of like, the mm. accent comes from. Um, so it's it the, neither of the straight up adaptions of the stories, which I did find weird. They've got stuff added to them. Mm. So the Pickman model had you know there was in uh, a, there was a wife added and a, a child and stuff, and it's it's alt, it's not altered badly, but it it did make me sort of think, well, this is a bit weird because this isn't. You know, all, all the elements of Pickman's models there, all the, the stuff with, I don't know whether you yeah. went 
I presume you've read it, but um, you know the, the sort of the, the stuff with the, the with uh, fuck it, it's Pikmin's model. The, the stuff with the ghoul is there, okay. The stuff with with that and the and, the, and what Pikmin does. The, the paintings themselves are really good. Whoever the artist was who did all the paintings is, is amazing. Um, the, the performance of Ben Barnes is really good. Um, I did think it was funny that Ben, you know, Ben Barnes is in a movie, uh, Pickman's model, and he played um, Dorian Gray at one point, which is which is yeah. hilarious. Um, <laughs> maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Um, it's, like, or it's, a happy it's, coincidence. It, I, I actually quite liked this this uh, story. It was it was quite a nicely done one. Um, even though they added odd sting, the dreams in a wet in a witch house is um, a hell of a lot of stuff is all uh, added to that. So that Rupert Grint plays the main character in that, and um, he he's he does this sort. Of, he, you have this scene at the, at the beginning with um, he's like a, he's got a twin sister, and his twin uh, his sister dies. Uh, and he sees her spirit being dragged off into this forest. And then he spends the rest of his sort of life trying to find this forest to get her, to free her from, from where it is she where she is. Um, and, and all that stuff was a bit sort of, okay, that's a little weird. There was, a, there was one particular scene with his sister that did hit me quite hard, actually, which was, was like, oh, but that's really, it's like nothing to do with, the story, uh, you know, the 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 the, 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 the short story version. Um, I, it, there's a weird thing with his. I think they're trying. He's supposed to be older than he looks because he's got this grey in his hair and it's really badly done. Um, but I just, I, it did make me think. Well, why didn't you just pick a fucking older actor then? What you know? Do you know that's reminded me of something else I watched recently, and I can't think what it is. But they did a very similar thing where they added grey to the hair and it just looked terrible. Yeah, God, I can't think what that is now. That's really weird. I know, you know Rupert Grint's come a long way from Harry Potter. I know he's not. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, absolutely. Not a child, he's not, you know, a child anymore. But ne- neither is he an old man. So it was just, it seemed a little odd that they'd, you know, the suggestion was when he, his sister sees him, she says, you know, how old he's got, and you think, what, does that that sort of implies that he seems he's supposed to be older than he is? Yeah, it was a bit weird. Um, some of the effects are really good. Some of the effects are really bad. Um, it, it, it does suffer from that whole um, you know, uh, making the city, you know, in with CG thing. Yeah. You, know, so you, 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 you can see that uh, it's not the worst I've seen. It's it's not terrible, but it is, mm. you know. Um, I didn't like this particular story sort of version. It was. It, it had some interesting stuff, you know. The, the Brown Jenkins character was was quite funny. Um, I can't remember who voiced Brown Jenkins. Oh, uh, DJ Qualls uh, was voicing the uh, Jenkins Brown. Um, it was. I mean, it was weirdly. It's 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 a, it's a sort of faithful adaption to sort of some respects because it's got all the bits in it. Yeah. But then it's got added stuff that I. You know, it's an hour long. It's an hour episode. You didn't need to add stuff to no, it. No, no, exactly. So they're already good stories. It yeah. seems seemed a bit weird to add stuff. Um, the the first episode in the with the um, the the um, lot uh, with, that's quite an interesting one. And there's a very Cthulhu creature in that. There's German mysticism and stuff in that, which was was quite which was quite interesting. Um, 
overall, I say I would say it was really it was really good, and I rec- I would recommend it uh, as an anthology. You know, it's it it's like all of these things. There there are hits, there are misses, um, but I I would say they're all kind of worth it, even the ones that aren't. Great. There's nothing like absolutely terrible, or you know. No, there's nothing that there were. There were no episodes that made me go, "Oh, that was just shit." Yes, yeah. There was. There was which a which can it, happen with anthology. Yeah, I mean, in actual fact, I think there's a there's a, a case can be made that most anthologies there are, there are worse stories than there are good ones. There are more bad stories than there sure. are good ones. I, I mean, I was saying to you off air, I, I think <laughs> Creepshow is one of the few where it's yes. like everyone's a hit. Um, aside yeah, I, from that, generally anthology. I mean, I, I I've got a real love for um, Hammer House of Horror, but that was yes. really up and down. Yeah, really, really yes. up and down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it does kind of be it is kind of the way with uh, anthology. So you know, at least this one's you know, if this is great, yeah, they, okay, that's fine. You it's know. got you know, it's got really good performances in it. You know, there's some real great actors in. It. I mean, the, the the murmuring, which is the last one, mm. um, that one's directed by Jennifer Kent, who. Um, uh, did uh, uh, the Babadook? And I like the Babadook. Like the Babadook, it's also got Essie Davis in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that one's uh, got Essie Davis and Andrew Lincoln in it, and they are a, a couple of bird watchers uh, in the fifties, and they are um, studying. Oh, I'm never going to remember what the bloody birds are called now. Specific the birds that do that weird flocking thing. You know, they do the turns and in formation. It's really beautiful to watch. I can't remember what they're bloody called. I don't know whether it says in the thing. I can't remember. Anyway, they go to, to study the, 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 the patterns that are called murmurings. And um, they're in this, they, they get they um, get put up in this house. And it's a ghost story. Um, but it had a, it, I had a really lovely, satisfying ending, I thought. But it, I, I do think it was one of the weaker ones. Uh, but that's, I think that's on a personal level. I think that particular story will be loved by a, a lot of people. I think people will find that one more satisfying than a lot of the other stories. Right. Okay. Uh, just personally, for me, I I just preferred the 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 weirdness of um, the viewing and the, the 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 just the sheer brilliance of uh, well, say brilliance was brilliant. The the, the great. Uh, episode that is the, the the autopsy, but yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's they're they're, they're really well done. Um, I would definitely watch more. Um, I, I like I said, I did find the the, the weird ad editions odd, but apart from that, I think there was a really good little series. Hmm. Cool. Well, it, it's definitely on my list to check out. It, it's you know, yeah, I, I, I see it there. I, I just haven't. I had, think, you know, I, I think you like. You like me would, would would really like the autopsy and sure. the viewing. I think those. I, I have like um, I, I I you know I haven't had a lot of time lately. So as much as it, it's kind of like I want to watch this, but then at the same time, if I watch this, even though it's anthology, yeah, I wouldn't have had time to watch all of it probably. So I'd end up being like, well, I've watched like half a series, or I watched <laughs> two films, which you know felt better to me to have watched two whole films to talk about rather than part of something yeah um which is the only reason i haven't but i do intend to watch it i will probably watch it this weekend and then kind of come back and uh and and we can kind of discuss it uh which is actually going to be the theme of today because i was struggling to find anything that really took my fancy um online so i went back a bit 
um and I, I was kind of catching up on films i haven't seen so i saw two films i haven't seen both i think you've reviewed actually oh okay so i'm kind of revisiting what you've reviewed and kind of you know seeing what i think of it uh the the first of those uh was the black phone oh cool uh directed by uh scott derrickson who uh, i am a fan of um i i think um you know i liked the exorcism of emily rose um and uh i quite like doc strange the first one Did it i i love doc strange the first, the first one's great yeah oh, um i mean he has done some other questionable things <laughs> still um but you know oh god did he i'd forgotten he'd yeah, done i think that. that was his um yeah, but yeah. um so you already saw this one and you've you've reviewed it previously yeah. but obviously first time i'm seeing it and um it's interesting i don't know if i'm like desensitized to horror these days yeah i watched this movie and i was like god it's it's barely a horror movie uh in my opinion that it, it's it's like i don't mean this in a bad way yeah it's barely a horror movie it, it's it's not particularly scary it's not gory it's like it's just a story but it's a really interesting story and i really yeah. enjoyed it but i was watching it and funny you brought up the babadook because i think the babadook is is disliked by people who misunderstand that film i don't think it's a horror film it's no it's not a horror film um no that's it's a, about it's about grief and yeah uh, yeah um this was a really nice story and not what i expected from the trailer at all because the trailer makes it look like kids are going to be kidnapped and and like tortured or killed or yeah or, or imprisoned and, and obviously well, I mean, they are <laughs> they are um, but, but you don't see, you it, don't see it and and it's no. that perfect example of like we don't have to do torture porn we don't have no. to do this. We don't have to do that to tell an effective story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the effective story here is that it, it's a coming of age story. But I think one plus what, a supernatural horror ish. What this right? movie does have, which I think, if if you Acting are going to go the route of yes, if you're going to go the route of not showing it, yeah. you need a really good fucking bad guy. To, Ethan Hawke the, in this as the grabber. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god, he is incredible. Uh, yeah. in the in in the the role he plays I'll, yeah I'll, I'll say that i don't want to spoil too much uh fantastic it's been out for a while and i reviewed it well so i think we can probably spoil bits of it okay i well, don't think spoiled a lot of them so, before yeah i mean I, I i really liked the setup to this film um i i liked the you know that kind of introduction at the baseball game yeah you, you get this 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 popular kid who's actually complimentary to mm. um to uh what was his name finn finney um yeah. And you know he says, "Oh, you got a great arm and and whatnot." And then and then that kid is the first kid that we see is is taken. Obviously, I yeah. think there's been others before that, but he's he's the next in line of of kids that have been grabbed uh, off the street. And what I I think I said at the time when I reviewed it, what I loved about the the opening setup is it looks like they're going, you know, there's going to be bad blood between them, and it's going to yeah. that's going to yeah, yeah. and it's not. It's like no. they're genuinely sort of. You know, oh no, I, that was a really good play, and I really, you know, what you did there was good. That uh, was really nice. I mean, obviously, you do get bullies. You get these horrible. Oh yeah, there are some horrible kids in this. Horrible yeah. fucking kids in it. But that particular thing was 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 kind of set up to be one thing, and and, and they 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 changed it quite nicely. I thought. Yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of introduced to to like Finney's sister and his friend, um, and she is, she is wonderful. That steals the show, in my opinion. She yeah, she completely steals the show. She's fantastic. Oh, um, 
It's really good. Now we we learned that they've obviously got this alcoholic father, abusive mm-hmm. alcoholic father. Um, but we discover why as the film goes on. Um, and he's quite religious. Um, so he's not particularly pleased when he discovers that his daughter has psychic powers uh, or potentially psychic powers. And of course, more comes out of that as the film goes on as well. Yeah. Um, but of course, she is seeing, she has psychic dreams where she's seeing people getting kidnapped. She's seeing the kids there getting kidnapped and she's seeing things. Um, and she's kind of on, you've got, because I thought the whole story would just be Finney escaping. Um, yeah. But it's actually not. In fact, there's less of that than you'd imagine. There's actually more yeah. of, of, of uh, Gwen, I think her name is, is, mm-hmm. is uh, you know, trying to figure things out. And she's she's got to hide it from her father because her father's this drunk who, who hates anything. You know, he won't have any of it. Um, and she's scared of him. So she has to hide it from him. But at the same time, she wants to to save her brother who, you know, is is the one who's who's now kidnapped. Um and I thought it was a really fun story between the two. They 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 almost feel quite like they're two different films, almost uh, in a weird way. Um, yeah. But they come together really nicely in the end. Um, and I thought, you know, above all else, uh, as you said, with Ethan Hawke, uh, I I think the strongest thing about this film is the cast. Yeah. Uh, top down, the cast yeah. is incredible. Every, Even like side characters, like the police officers, you're like. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. You know, they're they're you know, I can see what they're doing, and and, and all, all of the even though they they have very minor roles, all of the dead children that are fantastic. Helped, they were not in it as much as I was expecting, actually. No, they're they're, they're you know they're, they're all great in their little part, and they all do. Yeah. You know, they all help him out, and I I love the, the the you know the idea that each one of them tells him something that he can set up for the for the for, end. It for, builds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's, builds really it's, nicely. It's, really nicely done it's really sort of cleverly sorted and what he you know how he arranges things and yeah what digs how he he, he breaks through walls and things and and also how they're sort of slightly misinterpreted as well you know like what he thinks well yeah because he gets frustrated with them and it's like no you've actually just misunderstood what they've said it's not necessarily them you've just misunderstood because that's what ghosts do i've seen enough ghost programs they never tell the fucking they never like hi i'm this person from this age and this is how i lived and died it's yes. always like i'll give you some words yes yeah. go, go I'll and be, use that i'll be spookily cryptic yeah i'll be you. really cryptic for no reason whatsoever <laughs> although i did think if, if i was a ghost and some assholes turned up i'd be cryptic as fuck as well i'd be like <laughs> yeah. as awkward as possible um, well, i mean one in particular is really reluctant to tell him anything yeah yeah the, yeah the, the the um the sort of the heavy metal dude yeah he's he's sort of really you know he he kind of only tells him because he's a dick and yeah. he's you know he wants to get one over on the guy that killed him that's the only reason yeah. he, he wouldn't he's you know yeah um so overall i i thought this was a really well directed really well acted mm. uh semi horror film um yeah. slash kind of i don't know science fictiony fantasy film really i guess yeah you know, it's, it's, this, it's a... this girl with psychic powers trying to solve a crime um yeah it's and an of... alcoholic father trying to deal with the loss of his wife and mm. and you know uh all of that stuff i i thought that was great as well because you know when you first meet 
uh, the, the father, you think, God, what a piece of shit. Like, he's just yeah. going to be an asshole. But by the end, you're like, okay, like, you are an asshole, but I can see why. And and we have something of a redemption from him. You know, he's at least apologetic at the end. He's like, I'm yeah. so sorry. Like, losing my wife, your mother, broke me. Like, you know, I'm not apologizing. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not making excuses for what I've done. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm sorry for the way I've been, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't just that one dimensional character. Like you said, even the smaller characters have dimensions to them and, and they're not just like, I'm evil father, you know? Yeah. Um, he is, you know, he is a piece of shit, but you see why. And you, you, on some level, you understand yeah, you, his you, motivations you, and you, you understand why he's a drunk. You don't forgive, but you emphasize and, and you understand to an extent, you know, why yeah. he is where he is. Um, and I, I thought this was a really good example of, of it's an exercise in restraint when it comes to horror. Um, yes. It, it's not particularly gory. It's got no. gore in it. It's not particularly scary. There are scares in it. But again, yes. it, it's it's more about the story. And I think it tells the story very well. Um, it's not what it's, I thought it was going to be from the trailer a, at all. It's more of a sort of, you know, um, a sort of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, like, yeah yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a good example. It's, it's the really so, it's that sort of um you know the, the stuff where Ethan Hawke comes down and he he says something and i think the thing with the the mask is i think it's kind of like every time the mask is changed because the the bottom comes out and he can replace it with different yes yeah it kind of reflects his mood expression yeah. and it, it sort of expresses it, it, it it's almost like each one is it's a different a very cool mask as well. Like yes, every right. every part of that mask I, is like that's awesome. Right thing that was direct, uh, designed by um, oh, what's his name? Uh, 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 fuck, um, Sex Machine <laughs> was yes by the character Sex Machine. Yes, um, my brain it, is, it, will not find it. Oh, for God's sake! Now my brain's gone. Yeah, well. I know. Um, so fucking, bad. Uh, Savini, Tom Savini. Yeah, I, sake. I, I think it was designed by Savini. I, I I had it in my head, and then when you when you said you couldn't think of it, it suddenly disappeared from my head as well. I was like, hang on a minute. Uh, yeah, Tom yeah. Savini. I don't know. It. Uh, I'm looking through notes now. I can't see anything about that, but I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it looks like but something he'd do. This, I love this the scene where he's um, left the door open. He's he put the food oh, down. And the kids like don't go the, up there. Yeah, the, he says it's a trick. Don't go up there. And you and you this get a the, great the camera, shot of him waiting the, up there. Yeah, the, the camera pans yeah. around him as he's as he's just sat there waiting for him to come through the door. Because he's 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 a serial killer, but he has rules. Yeah, like he and can only do rules. things. Yeah, they're really they're, bizarre. Yeah, and and it, it's taken is, this many kids to die for them to figure out the pattern of of yeah. the, what the rules are because they're really obscure weird internal logic rules that he has mm -hmm. it, it needs these dead kids to tell him to be like oh this is the mistake i made because this yeah. is one of his weird rules I so you need to do that and you can see ethan hawke's character gets more and more frustrated about it because he's like oh but it's also not just that it's, he gets frustrated but also he, he kind of he wants admires him. to do better yeah he kind he wants to have you know the the longer chase so mm. he does he kind of admires I think at first he admires it and then the longer it goes on the more he gets frustrated because he stops yeah. playing the game yeah, altogether exactly yeah because it it stops being fun for him yes exactly exactly um 
but yeah overall i i thought uh the black phone was absolutely fantastic so yeah uh, that, that's where i am with that oh that's good yeah so uh what else have you watched because i've only got one other thing to talk about so uh uh so i will go with emily the criminal so this is um netflix yeah uh no it's not it's was it netflix okay i was one of the uh i paid for this one it's all um, right so it's directed by John Patton Ford, um, and it stars uh, Aubrey Plaza and Theo Rossi. Um, and it's about uh, Emily, who is a um, she's living living in LA, and she was an artist who didn't finish college for reasons um, that you kind of find out as, as it goes along. Um, she's working as a food delivery. Uh, Sort of drive um driver um she's got seventy thousand dollars of debt from her sort of college and things um she's just not doing terribly well um and one one day her one of the her work colleagues uh, uh gives her this number and says oh you know I, I i can't do this job can you do it for me uh, so she goes to this she uh she goes to this uh you know phones the number they, they, they tell her to turn up to this place. She turns up, and Theo Rossi, who I love Theo Rossi, he played Juice in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. And he was uh, in also in um, uh, Power Man, not Power Man. Um, 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 Power Man. Yeah, uh, Luke Cage. Oh, yeah. He's uh, Shades in yeah. Luke Cage. He's just called Luke Cage, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I forget. He's, he's Power Man, but he's. He, they just call him Luke Cage, yeah. It's weird that. Um, so he he's there and he uh, he says basically what's going to happen is you're going to be asked to he's, there's a group of people there and he says to them you're going to be asked to go out and you're going to be a dummy shopper so you're going to we're going to give you a card you're going to go into a shop and you're going to buy a massive TV and she's a bit apprehensive at first and she's like you know he says you know if you if you don't like it, you can leave now. He says, what you're doing, it's illegal. He says, but I'm not asking you to do, to get injured or hurt. I'm not asking you to, you know, hurt anyone. All I'm asking you to do is go and buy this thing. And she sounds dodgy as shit. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> says, she says, um, yeah, how do I trust you? He says, you, 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 you just have to. He says, you, you either do or you don't, either, I guess. Yeah, you walk exactly. away or you trust me. Yeah. Exactly. And he slightly brings around by the, you know, the, by what he says, and she, so she agrees to it. She, she's going to get two hundred quid for it. So she agrees to it. She goes in. She she buys this TV. She comes out. You know, all, all well and good. That the, she she does make a slight mistake. She puts a hat on, but she doesn't pay for it. And the, the security guard comes out and says, "Hey, you're going to pay for that." And she like, you know, stops. And it's like the hat is. Oh, sorry. And she gives him the hat back, and he goes back in. It's like, fuck it up. Thank God for that. So she goes in, she gives the the, the, the the TV over, he gives her the money, and then he says, if you come back tomorrow, I'll give you another job, but it'll be for two grand. Right. And she says, what do I have to do? He says, I'll tell you tomorrow. So she says, okay. So meanwhile, she's got a friend who uh, is in, um, what is it? I can't remember, it, it's a, I'm not sure whether it's a fashion magazine or something. It's, it seems to be some sort of fashion-y thing. And it's a it's a friend that she's basically grown up with. She's been to you know uh, 
they they grew up together and they went through college and stuff. Um, and she says she's gonna. She asks if she can get her a job at this place. And first of all, it, it, it sounds. She says, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." Off, you know, thing. And then she t- she phones her and says, "No, it didn't work," sort of thing. And she gets pissed off because she thinks that she's, you know, shining her along. Um, actually, it starts with her getting an interview for a job, and the guy who's interviewing is Doctor Flox. Oh, nice. I always forget his name. Yeah, I can't one. remember his name. He, I never remember his name either. Uh, but he he's doing this interview, and you don't see his face first. You just you're just focusing on her, and you hear his voice. It's like, hey, I recognise that voice. He's got yeah. a pretty, you know. Um, and he he sort of tricks her. He says, um, you know, we 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 don't have anything on you yet. And she, he says, uh, is there anything you want to sort of say? And she says, oh yeah, I I was done for a drink driving and he said do you want to explain that and she says you know i went out to a gig with some friends i said i she says yeah, they were drunker than i was so i drove and we got caught and he says oh and he says well what about this um assault charge you got and then he pulls out this file on her where she's he's got all her and she's like bullshit you just he says well if, if you told the truth i wouldn't have to do this and she's really pissed off by this and she leaves you know she's yeah, basically tells him to fuck off. She leaves. So you know, you see what a, what her situation is, and obviously, she the next job she goes into is to do with a car. And I'm not going to you know spoil anything. All I'll say is she basically gets in with Theo, and she she get she does she wants she you know the, the, it sort of escalates to sort of more things, and she kind of ends up in a sort of relationship with with uh, Yosef uh, Theo Ross's character. Um, uh, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it, it uh, th- this is, you know, for all those people who keep saying about strong female characters, this is a genuinely strong female character. You know, there, there is a scene where she get. Um, uh, it's not a spoiler, but it's she. She's going out and buying these things, and then she uh, or stealing these things, and then she's selling them. Um, or she's getting people to do it. And um, she goes to sell this one thing. And she, she's told never take them home sort of thing. So she doesn't do that. But what happens is she goes to this place to meet someone. And they don't turn up. Uh, so she goes home. Uh, but the, obviously the person who was supposed to do it. Did, that didn't turn up. Follows her home. So they rob her. Um, and... Her response is really good. She so she's absolutely terrified, you know. But this guy um, holds a standing knife to her, her neck and said, you know, really shits her up. And she, they they take this couple take her money and they take a dog that she's house sitting for, and then they leave. And she's like, we know where you live, sort of thing. And they they fuck off. And she's she gets up and she's like terrified. And she's walking around sort of thing. And then she gets angry and she's like, no, fuck this. Yeah. So she gets the a stun gun that she was given and she goes down and she fucking gets it back. And it's really fucking good. Aubrey Plaza, who I like anyway, she, she does tend to play sort of quirky characters that can be quite annoying at times. But this is really good. You know, you, you see how desperate she is and what she's willing to do. But you also see that she's, you know, she's smart. She's, you know, even though even when she's afraid, she's 
tough and you know she she has this sort of history of of you know violence she she she, she got into a, some she says she you know she got into this she's asked about her uh her, her sort of conviction she says you know it was it was my me and my boyfriend we got into it sort of thing and you you know you know she's she's a very flawed character but she's also incredibly strong and incredibly clever and really well written and brilliantly performed by um Aubrey Plaza and like I said I'm not gonna fucking spoil anything because it's got a really good ending mm. um but Theo Rossi is again he's great as well as this um is this criminal who he's kind of you know he's 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 part of this this sort of gang but he's also a bit of a pushover he's not he I don't think he's really quite cut out for this sort of line of work as he thinks he is it's you know it, it it would seem that she's more cut out for it than he is right. um it's it's well directed it's it um it's got some uh you know uh really really nicely done uh scenes you know where you, you're, you're just focusing on her and her reactions to things and you know there's a very brief cameo uh of uh with uh, gina gashon who's um this the, the, her the, a potential boss she goes for an interview um and uh she's well yeah again i'm not gonna i won't i won't spoil it but that's that scene is is really really good it's it's, it's just a really really nicely done uh crime drama mm. with a stunning performance uh by aubrey plaza who you know i think she's always had a, a she's always been a really good actress but i think this is one of her her strongest performances because it's not it's not the sort of usual quirky quirky weird character she plays it's a it's a, a genuinely sort of tough girl who's struggling it's it, I, I really liked it it's a really good movie yeah well that's cool um I, I must admit i think i came across this one and i almost watched it it was one of my almost it was on yeah. my almost pile so i will definitely make a point of seeing it now um that sounds really cool uh so the only other film i have watched uh another old one even older um but it's been kind of on my list i think you've reviewed this one as well uh but it's just i think it's only just recently turned up on netflix is a synchronic synchronic yes uh it's by uh it's directed by um justin benson who did um the endless okay oh i love the endless yeah so that was the main reason i really wanted to watch this one uh i think this is like a 2019 2020 film um but it's it's turned up on netflix now um and so i thought you know i'll give it a go uh because it's only just come on netflix i feel kind of awkward talking about it because this is one of those films i am gonna i i went in completely blind into this is that uh anthony mackie yes okay i have not seen this one so i went in completely blind to this film and and honestly i would recommend everyone does that Mm-hmm. this is not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination it has some issues has some logic holes and some problems but going in with no knowledge of what the fuck this film was about yeah i was taken on a journey and i really enjoyed the journey that this film took me on it kind of almost takes it felt like it almost took about 30 minutes to like 45 minutes before you even realized what this film was really about yeah um it effectively starts following uh a pair of uh paramedics um anthony mackie and uh jamie dornan 
think yes. his name is good actor um so they're they're um they're paramedics they're old old friends um anthony mackie's kind of uh a drinker a partier uh whereas uh jamie's character is is a family man he's got a daughter and a wife and you know he's the more on the outside more put together you know his his life's kind of you know sorted out quote unquote um and he kind of sees you know his his friend and uh, you know anthony mackie's character he kind of sees him as like well you know uh steve i think his name is in the film he, he kind of sees him as like you know he's my best friend but you know he needs to lay off the booze and stuff and you know the, yeah the, the first time you see him in this movie he kind of turns up and he, he's like oh, hungover and you know he's been out partying and stuff and he doesn't even get changed into his uniform that he just turns up at this house and then he goes in with them and starts kind of like doing uh doing their paramedic work on these on these people that have overdosed from this drug um so there's this new designer drug called synchronic that's uh that's kind of out there Yep. and uh it's killing people um the, the the paramedics come across uh you know people that have died from from this drug in really weird horrendous ways so it's okay. kind of like why how did this happen like someone's been stabbed <laughs> with a sword and you're like where did the sword come from uh okay. there are some weird things right you know is, some... it, got, is it sort of philip k dicky then sort of it's did reality type stuff uh i don't know god you know i really i i don't know if i want to uh, the trouble is i really can't talk much about this film without saying what it's about yeah but i almost don't want to because my experience of not knowing what it was about was really fun yeah that makes sense Uh uh-huh um and I don't want to spoil it for you either if you're planning on watching it. So I'm kind well, of well. I, I I did actually see the trailer. I did see that it was on Netflix the other day, and I thought, what does the trailer I'm, show you? Because uh, if the trailer shows it, then I'll just it say. does. It's just bits and pieces. It doesn't show a lot. I don't think. Okay. I saw anyway, but I didn't realize that it was done by um, the people who did Endless and um, yeah. Spring. I fucking love. I love Spring. Spring. Spring's great. Spring so I, I so this Endless as well. This drug. And I won't say what the drug does ultimately, but the the drug basically uh, is is like I said, it's a designer drug and it's out in the community. And and these these paramedics are convinced it's killing people. Uh, meanwhile, Steve Anthony Mackie's character discovers, uh, or or is has it confirmed, that he has brain cancer. He's going to oh, die. Okay. He's got terminal brain cancer, uh, which is half the reason for his partying and drug taking. Uh, he's get gets horrible headaches so he's been taking these painkillers all the time his right. his partner thinks it's because of the booze and he's like you're just a drug addict and you know he doesn't really understand but anyway um this this drug and what it does uh we learn it especially does something with your pineal gland now that is what he okay he has an underdeveloped pineal gland because are we in the beyond territory here uh, i would just watch it um, I, I can't okay. say if i say i i would just literally have yeah, to yeah, give away yeah. the plot to the film if okay. i talk too much about it right um so it uh it basically uh he has an underdeveloped pineal gland because of the cancer yeah uh so this this drug only effectively works on younger people or him because of his unique situation yeah. um and the film goes on from there and and it it, it kind of develops into 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 more of a uh the the daughter of uh, of of uh jamie's character disappears and uh this is uh you know 
Anthony Mackie's character, Steve, decides, you know, he's going to try and track her down. He's going to try and find her. The only clue they've got is this drug, Synchronic. Uh, so he starts experimenting with the drug. At first, he kind of collects all of the drugs. He goes to he goes to where they're, they're selling it and he buys all of it. And he's like, where do you get your supply? And they're like, it's been discontinued. That's all there is. And he's like, good, I'm taking it all. And then you fuckers can't kill people anymore, right? Um, but then he meets the doctor who kind of explains a little more about it um and then eventually he ends up taking it and then he discovers what this drug does and and how it acts and behaves and then it becomes like can i find my friend's daughter can i can i help her you know rescue her whatever um but it it takes you to different places it does different things it's really you know it's got some cool ideas there are uh definitely some some logic holes and issues that go along with this kind of thing um there are moments when you're like well that was convenient uh you know a couple of times yeah 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 but overall i really enjoyed this movie um i don't know i i will say i the reason i'm not saying much is because i don't know if i would have enjoyed this film as much if i knew what it was about before i went into it like i feel like i i feel like a lot of my enjoyment of this film was the journey in in fact full disclosure i started watching this film and i stopped and i was like oh i don't know if i can be bothered with this and then a day later i was like oh i really do need to watch another film for this show i'll put it back on and then i realized what the plot was and i was like oh oh this is actually really cool like this is actually fun so i I, this is why i'm kind of resistant to say too much about it i i would recommend it yeah it's certainly not perfect but i would recommend going in as blind as you can and and just go along for the ride and and, and watch the movie i think it's fun it's a fun idea um it's it's not perfect by any means uh and maybe once you've watched it if you watch it we can do a spoilery thing then yeah you know having with you having watched it as well because yeah uh, i certainly have issues with it but i can't really talk about the issues without giving away what the what it's about um well, in that case, then I'll watch it for next time. And I'd we... be curious what you thought of it, and and like you know, you like Spring and Endless as well. So I, I think, yeah. you know, it, that's the main reason I watched it. It's the main reason it's been on my radar because I was aware that it was there, and I loved the Endless and Spring. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I, I do recommend it. It's on Netflix at the moment if you're in the UK at least, or if you have a VPN. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I recommend giving it a go. Cool. So, what else have you watched? So, uh, I have seen All Quiet on the Western Front. Well, we've so. all seen that. <laughs> have we? Uh, not uh, the new one, no. I have not watched the uh, the remake. So, I'm, I'm curious. I, I have seen the original, and, I yeah. have told, and I've seen the, the 70s version with TV version with uh, John Boy. I don't think uh, I've seen the TV yeah. version, you know. I never remember what that guy's name is, the, 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 the guy who was John Boy. Yeah, I don't oh. think I've seen the TV version. It was okay. I yeah. remember. I remember sort of enjoying it mostly. I mean, I you know the the original the 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 thirties uh, classic is amazing. It's really fucking. It's good. one of the reasons I I you know shamefully didn't watch this version because I was like I just don't know, man. You know, <laughs> sometimes you're like there are hey there are plenty of great remakes out there. We say this all the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just like, oh, I don't know, maybe. So I'm glad you've watched it because I could judge it off of you because I know you have a love for the yeah. original as well. So, so it's obviously based on uh, Eric Maria's uh, Eric Maria Ramquest, uh, Ramarquis. Sorry, I butchered your name. <laughs> um, yeah, but he was based on his book uh, from his own experiences during the, the, the First World War, uh, and I mean it's. 
one it's one of those um movies which you know shows you the well sorry one of those books that tells you about the real horrors of war and i think it was it was burnt in germany before the second world war i think the nazis were like we need to get rid of this fucking book because it tells you know if people if, if, if most if a lot of people read this they, they probably won't want to fight for us um but it's it's you know it's 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 one of those classics of, of literature and, and also classics of cinema um this particular version uh, is directed by um edward berger and it stars Felix uh, Kammerer and and Albrecht Schuch. Schuch, Schuch, uh, Schuch. Sorry, I am terrible with names. Um, he so those two are, are amazing. So we, we we're, we're introduced to, to Paul. Actually, it opens with um, uh, it opens quite weirdly with it with sort of like this weird fox uh, family. Um, it's like oh, okay, it feels like a nature documentary all of a sudden. Um, and then it goes into sort of this you know a uh, uh, trench battle um and it, the the beginning is really good it's filmed um, really well um it's you have so you have um i don't it's been a long time since i've seen the originals and i don't re- remember this is how those start but you you um the 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 the, the first bit uh with these the the, 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 the you see the first uh, soldiers you see they're all killed mm-hmm. um and then you you follow their bodies being picked up, put on a train, and then taken to this you know this place where they're stripped of their clothes, and then you see them put in in coffins and mass buried, and then you see the uniforms being taken to um, the seamstresses who are fixing them, yeah, sure, uh, cleaning them, and then sending them back to the recruiting to, thing. To new people, yeah. And yeah. then you're introduced to Paul and his friends. Who are all eager to sign up, and obviously they get the the speech from their teacher, who tells them, you know, it's your duty to fight for the fatherland, and you know, he, he tells them, you know, all, all, that was always one of the things that you get about the, the first world war. There was always the thought, it was the thing that they drummed into us when, when at school when we, we studied it, was how the first world war drummed into these kids that, you know, this is the this is a great adventure, this is a great thing you are going to be doing, you know. You 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 will all have you know live on in glory and you'll have you'll be heroes. Yeah. And, you know they and they were all fucking naive. Obviously they were all fucking naive and they all you know, signed up in their droves. You know, and so they you know they, they're all you know have this this you know revved up by this speech and they all go and they all sign on and he goes to, he he gets in line and they're you know they're, they're well they're signing them in and. He literally gets given this the uniform of the guy that you've just seen killed, yeah. and he says, "Oh, you know," he says, "Oh, excuse me, this this uniform belongs to someone," and the guy says, "Oh," he says, it, "It's it was obviously too small for him. It happens sometimes," and he he rips sure. he rips the label off and drops it onto the floor onto a pile of like loads of these fucking labels that he's yeah. obviously off these bloody uniforms, and then of course you know he get it, it, he goes in and he it, just, from there it obviously spirals down but he obviously he meets um uh kaczynski who cat uh, who is is played by albrecht uh, and uh he's an older soldier he's been he's obviously been there for a while um and he kind of you know takes them under his wing and he he you know shows them what to do and how to how to get things and he has this um, knack of 
of being able to to get hold of things. And you know, there are incidents in, in where they 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 um, rob a farmer of of a goose, and right. you know, there, there are you know like moments. Um, this movie is beautifully filmed. I'm it's, really glad to hear that. The, the trailer is, looks strong. I must admit. Yeah, it's honestly, you know, even in the horror of, of what you see, yeah, it's it's there is there's weird beauty in it. You know, there's it's it, the the director has a real eye for a really beautiful shot. You know, of horrible devastation and sure. and, and and you know just grimness. Um, the the main two the, the main two actors I've not seen in anything before are wonderful. That you know you immediately. I, I certainly did immediately um, became attached to, to uh, Felix Kramer as, as Paul mm-hmm. and you know as, as, as the uh, the character of Kat. They're brilliant, and you know obviously you know this is this. I think everybody knows that this doesn't have a happy ending. It's, it's, <laughs> no. it's, it's not. It's not about that. It's, it's not know, one it, of those it's, films. It's about the horror of the First World War and the you know and and, and the stupidity of mm-hmm. of you know certain generals and certain things, and so there there are there are added bits that you don't uh, have in the other versions, which are which are you you have um, Daniel Brawl's character, um, who is um, Matthias uh, Erzberger, who was the guy who uh, signed the the, tr- the 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 surrender treaty, you know the the the, the, the armistice and signed signed the, the, the agreement in the uh, to end the war. And you see the uh, his you know what he's been struggling with you know what 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 German what's happened to, you know to Germany and how they've you know they're losing so many thousands of people a day and yeah you know obviously there are parts of the German you know that the army are saying you know, we can't surrender you know we can't surrender and he's like look we you know we have to I, I want to stop this as soon as possible you know. It's the sooner we can stop it, the sooner we can stop fucking people just dying in their thousands. And it's a his, you know, he's not in it a lot, but his performance is great as well. Is this sort of, you know, um, and obviously, if 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 any, if you know uh, history, the what the they signed onto left Germany crippled and pretty much kind of the Second led, World War. Kind, yeah, exactly. It kind of left let you know led into the second world war because of it it left them so one of, one of many factors believing course, them in yeah. the way they were left yeah exactly it, it, it certainly didn't fucking help you know yeah. it, it certainly helped the the rise of the nazis the rise of the nazis you know and and, and, and uh and the the people who, who were so used to having shit lives you know listening to these things that they were promised you can see why this happened so it's i think it's actually a nice addition because it does give you a little bit more you know context context to what's mm. going around them um you know the, you also see this this general who you know he's he's from a a line of general you know a, a, a family of, of soldiers who you know won what won battles all over the place and now he's pissed off that the war is not going his way and you know while he's sat eating fucking <laughs> you know rich food and drinking wine and sure he's miles away from the trenches he's like going yeah you know we're gonna send you know send them off for one big battle before before the you know the everything yeah stops um 
it, it's I really like this movie. It's a it's re, it's a really worthy. Um, I mean, it's not really a remake because it's it's a it's a book adaptation. So it's you know I it, it's it's satisfyingly good and bleak and wonderfully acted, mm. beautifully directed, and there's this amazing soundtrack which just has this throbbing note that plays every now and again. It just goes, and it just does it every now and again. It's like not a constant thing, but it's through the movie, but it's, it, and it's really adds to the sort of uneasiness of the whole thing. It's a really wonderful uh, adaption. I I really recommend it. I highly recommend the thirties version. I absolutely recommend not so much the second, the seventies one, this the, the the original I would recommend, but I actually think this is a a genuinely good Netflix movie. It's, well, it's great. beautiful. It's horrible. It's you know, it's what th- this sort of movie should be. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, what else have you watched? Because <laughs> uh, I've watched. run out now. I'm I'm done. Oh, did I watch? Uh, oh, Anola Holmes. I was going to say I. I, I I'm asking you like I don't know, but I do have pictures <laughs> in, in an order here, so I, I do. Uh, so Enola Holmes, I, I enjoyed for the most part the first one. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like amazing, wasn't terrible. No. Um, no. But of course, now we have Enola Holmes 2. How, how have you found Enola Holmes 2? So um, we, we basically pick up, up a, you know, a while after the first one. And Enola has now got That's her own. The, this is a problem when you, you cast young actors. Yeah, grow up and you have to that necessitates time jumps yeah i, I think um millie's quite lucky in that she's she's um they were you know, they were pushing their fucking luck with the last uh stranger things quite, though to well, be honest yeah i mean it's actually quite funny that if you've watched the first season yeah how much she's actually grown and changed yeah, yeah. it's quite a, and they did show that in you know in the last season um anyway but anyway so we get we you know we've got we she's it's obviously not going very well for her because, you know, they, they people turn up and go, "Are you the secretary? Are you? Oh, you're a girl. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's your brother around, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's about to give up when she, when a young girl uh, turns up to her office and says, uh, "My sister's missing. Can you help?" Uh, and she agrees to help her, and she um, finds that they were their match girls and. Um, so the, the the girl that, that is missing, she seems to have ro- she was accused of robbery. She's she she got something from the safe that in in this in this the office of this thing, and you're introduced to sort of like this um, the, the owner of the factory and his his son and um, I don't know if you know anything about the the match girls and the Fossey jaw thing. I can't say that I do actually. Okay, so. Part of this is real. The the, the, the character of Sarah um, is a real. Sarah Chapman was a real um, w- woman in, in Victorian times. Um, so the, the, basically, the the phosphorus in matches um, basically gave the the girls that were working there something which they called fossy jaw, which basically made the, your your jaw rot. Right. So they had you had open you know open holes in girls faces and things and you know their teeth rotted out and you know that literally their jaws just kind of fell off it was, it's horrific 
Um, and uh, there was there, basically there was there's two versions of this phosphorus stuff. Um, one red, one white, and the red was actually safer, but it was more expensive. Sure. So most most companies you still use the white phosphorus for the matches, and even when they knew knew it was killing their girls, um, they still did it for the sake of it. it you know, basically law, laws were changed. So you know, thanks to Sheriff Chapman, laws were changed, and and you know it it it, was, it became safer for them. But at this at this time, um, it, it's you know, not widely known. Uh, that this is what's going on. Um, so it becomes uh, like a wider thing. Sherlock Holmes is doing this case, which he's, he can't um, quite crack. He hasn't quite got the hang of it. And of course it relates to her case and it, it, they all come together in the end. Um, which so, I seem to remember, was that the first one like that as well? I think it was. Where like Holmes is doing his own thing and then yeah. they end up meeting up, it kind of comes yeah. together. I, you know, I've forgotten so much of that first film. I think I, I'm thinking I remember it did that sort of thing. Um, so I will. So what I'll say is, um, Cavill is is better as Holmes in this one. Oh, okay. I still think he's wrong for the role. He's just he, he's still not right. It, I mean, it helps that he's charming as fuck. Yes. Um, I, I, I never imagined Sherlock Holmes as being a brick shithouse, but um, <laughs> no, Sherlock Holmes should and, not. And this suit will only go so far. Back. He is massive. Yeah, it's it, like when the Rock tries to like hide it under a suit. It's like, yeah. dude, you're clearly massive. Yeah, <laughs> but There's fine. The... Uh, yeah, he is charismatic as all hell, and I love Henry Cavill. So yes. you know, cool. Um, he he's he's slightly better in this um this time round. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown, of course is her usual charming self. She, she's she, great. Yeah, I, I really like good. her. Um, I am beginning to suspect she's not a great actress. Uh, and that it's I don't more think of, she's got much range. Yeah, I think it's more of a who she is and the fact that she's a very charming young lady. Yes. I think. But, but hey, she go plenty, a of, way. plenty of actors have made careers exactly. out of doing that. So, it, you exactly. Know. Um, Sam Caffin doesn't come back at this time as, as Mycroft because I think he was uh, he's on contract somewhere else, so he couldn't come back. Sure. So we don't get him, which is. Do we fine. get Mycroft at all, or no? We don't get. Okay, Mycroft. fine, fine. Which is fine because I, he wasn't a very good Mycroft. No, no, I was going to say he wasn't. But that, I, again, I think it wasn't his fault. It was just no. what, what they gave him. Um, you've got David Thwellis on bad guy duties this time, which which was which was quite good. He's he's a suitably menacing, horrible bloke. Um, it's not a great story. Um, it was it was entertaining enough. It's um, like the first one, basically. Yeah, there's there's um, this apparently isn't adapted from one of the stories, um, but the director basically director writer basically um decided that they heard this the thing about the the fossy jaw and the and these match girls, and he thought that would make a very good story of of, of you know female empowerment, yeah. which it, which it is because you know Sarah Chapman you know did a did a great uh great thing um i don't think it handles it terribly well um there's a there's a scene towards the end where a speech is given and um yeah. i'm gonna spoil it slightly well, actually i'm gonna spoil it a lot because there's something happened in this movie that's not gonna spoil it that all fucked me up right off and 
uh, really made me dislike this movie. Um, there's a, she gives a speech to the other workers, and they kind of don't listen to her. And then this little girl stamps her feet, and that's the thing that makes them change their mind. This little girl stamping her feet. It's like, what? Right. Why is that what made them motivated and not her speech? That's fucking weird. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're Carol and, and, and Bobby Brown are great. Um, Chukesbury's in it again, the, the, the young chap. Um, they have no chemistry together. He's awful. Right. Um, I really don't buy their relationship at all. <laughs> it's just terrible. Um, maybe, I, I don't want to lay on the, 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 the young guy. Maybe he's a better actor than he is in this, but not terribly good in this um i am going to spoil something now um so if you don't want to know you know why not a bit but um at the end it is revealed who moriarty is oh so one thing that annoyed me is okay i know i and i and i know i said in my first review of this it's its own thing it's not trying to be the Sherlock. It's not, it's trying to do however, however <laughs> this time round, there were so many, you know, deviations. Like Sherlock Holmes is on his own, and he's already living in two twenty one B Baker Street. He's living on his own there, which he doesn't. The first story, him and Watson come together because they both need cheap apartments, and it's yes. cheap for them to so. The fact that he's already living there and he's already doing done loads of cases before he's even met Watson is annoying. Um, and then, of course, from what I gather, uh, Moriarty isn't in any of the Enola Holmes books, um, so they've they've kind of added her as a big old nemesis. Oh, and I just you just gave that away. Yeah. <laughs> so in the end. It is revealed that um, Moriarty is a black woman. Sure. I mean, I, I, I don't know that that annoys me as much as it annoys I'd See, I'm like not as big a Holmes fan as you are, so I'm kind of like, well, if it's doing its own thing, yeah. You know. it, it just annoys me that they... I'm, all, I'm already pissed off with the, this need for modern people to... For, for people to say, oh, we need it to, to reflect modern audiences and modern times. No, we don't. It's a period piece. A period piece should reflect the time. It's weird when it's a period piece, I must admit. It, it, it should reflect the times as they were. If you want to reflect modern times, fucking make a modern show. Don't... Yeah, you could have made a modern Sherlock. Don't... That's been yeah, done. Exactly. I've got no problem with diversity it's when it, they do it in this sort of thing when when they're when they're forcing it into a, a, a period piece it just comes across as really disingenuine and really just trying to appease this modern audience that i don't think really fucking exists that, that, mm. that this is oh it's like they're correcting the past and that really winds me up i fucking hate that they think the past needs correcting the past is what it is. It was horrible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not a good you know, past. But by by trying to make it a more homogenized place, you're doing a disservice to the to history, and that really annoys me. 
and, and almost skirting around the problems that you're trying to exactly now exactly. now tackle really yeah exactly it's just it's it's a really hmm. disingenuous thing that annoys the crap out of me that the the whole idea that oh it, it must serve a modern audience just fucks me off so i was really pissed off when it this this it was the, who moriarty was was re- revealed to be it was just oh why um mycroft again is uh, not mycroft uh, lestrade sorry is even dumber in this movie. Oh god, I've just remembered that. He was thick as shit in the first film. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. By a, a deal uh, actor. Now fine again, he's an Asian guy. It's like okay, fine. But then at the very end they also But the Strad being thick as shit doesn't he was never really thick as shit from memory. Thick. Like He's not. He, he's like, not. He was. He was a smart. De- he was a smart detective. Yeah. He's just so, not Sherlock Holmes. Exactly. That's it. He's. Yeah. He's not a fucking idiot. Um, and then of course at the end, it's uh, when when Watson turns up, he's an Asian guy. It's like, Christ's sake, why? It's, I just, and I know it probably it shouldn't annoy me, and it probably <laughs> makes me sound like a bloody racist, but. No, I don't think it makes you. No, I don't think it makes you. There it is. It just, it just really annoyed me. I, this, it's not as good as the first one. Um, As I said, Campbell's performance is better. Uh, I think he's, he's, he's obviously taken some notes and and. uh, Yeah, I think he he sort of, uh, he's. I think he's given. He's thought on more on what he how to 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 portray him than than I think he was in the first one. Um, Helen Bonham Carter's in again. She, you know, she's great. Um, she's generally pretty good and, in the right uh, Oh, what's her name? Uh, the the one who was the the the, the, the woman who trained them. She she's in it again. She she gets a little bit more to do in this, which is which is good. But even then, it's it's quite small. You know, it's very small. Um, I think young girls who like the books will probably enjoy it. I think it's it's you know it's a young young adult film. Sure. There, there is stuff to like in it. Like I said, she's good. Cavill's good. Um, overall, it was, it was, it just felt too long and too drawn out, and just not very nicely thought through. And I think um, they obviously wanted to deal with the, the, the this, the, the, the phosphorus thing. Um, they wanted to, you know, show how uh, it was sort of it affected people and that. But you don't really get a sense of how horrific it was, and you know it, it's it wants to tell you stuff. It wants to tell you stuff about history, but it doesn't do it very well, and it doesn't do it justice. You know, if you want to find out about that, go and bloody read up on it because it's fascinating and it's mm. it's horrific and it is fascinating. Yeah, um, there is an episode of Ripper Street, and I love Ripper Street. Ripper Street is a really great. Uh, Victorian detective series. There's an episode of Ripper Street that deals with um, match girls, which does it a hell of a lot better than this did. Right. Um, I can um, say I enjoyed this this one, and I can recommend it. Um, I will think. I do think you know young young audiences will get something out of it, and I sure. think if, if you like the you know. If you're watching it for her, for Anola, uh, for Millie, then yeah, sure, go. For, it's you know I I I, I understand, and I, and you know again, Cavill's great. 
you know, even Threllis is, is, is good. He's giving a, a good villain performance. But overall, I think it's it's not a great movie. And I certainly won't watch another if they do one. Honest, I, I, I'm real. assuming that Cavill's just kind of done with Netflix now. I could be wrong. I would. Is he gonna have fucking time to do anything? Well, he's think... dropped out of The Witcher, so I, I don't know if that's like, <laughs> hey, that's the end of his Netflix contract or, or yeah, what. Really, uh, like... I don't know. Um, but yeah. Oh well, that's a shame. I I wasn't like I I remember thinking the first one was okay, but certainly mm. I I this film's been out a while now, and I I haven't felt the need to kind of check it out yet. So um, yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, well, that I think that's the the that's all my reviews done, isn't it? I think that's mm-hmm. all. I um, so I, I I'm not going to review it, but I would like to mention I I have seen House of the Dragon. Yeah, you've watched all of House of the Dragon now, right? So the the reason why I'm not going to review it is because I feel a little bit of a fraud doing so, because I specifically waited till it was over to and to see reviews of it because i really didn't want to give it time if it was going to be awful sure and i didn't trust enough to you know watch it as it was going because so i just I'm, I'm in the same camp as you i i personally yeah. feel like game of thrones shit the bed so badly yeah and in fact you know like it shit the bed so badly for me i have heard nothing but praise for house of the dragon and i yep. still don't give a shit that's that's uh, where i am so okay. I understand your caution because I I'm there and then some. Exactly. Um, I have heard fantastic things about this though. So, so uh, not really a review, but I will say I really enjoyed it. It's that's great. I, it's, I'm you know I'm hearing very good things. I I, I I recommend it just for Matt Smith and Paddy Considine. Yeah, I hear they pretty much steal the show. They completely steal the show. Um, there's a there's a weird thing in sort of halfway through where they swap the actresses from the, the two main yeah it jumps around in time quite a lot doesn't it doesn't it time so yeah it, it does and i don't mind that but it's a little jarring when they change them initially because i think you get used to the two actresses who are playing um these characters and they're really i really liked them right uh, i'm just trying to look find where the original so so uh millie alcock plays uh, Princess Rhaenyra first, and Emily Carey plays Queen uh, Alicent first. And um, particularly the Queen, um, you know, before she becomes Queen, um, she she, her showing this vulnerable um, character who who is, you know, she's been being used by her father to you know, to to fulfil his you know destiny, if you want, Risa Fans character. Yeah. Risa uh, Fans plays her character, uh, her father. He's he's the hand, and he's he uses her with the king, you know, to, with the king to, to to further his stuff, which obviously you expect from these sorts of things. Her vulnerability and her is amazing. She's beautifully, uh, really really good, and I really like the young one. But when they when they change over, so you, uh, Olivia Cook, uh, who I really like, uh, you know, she was in uh, Ready Player One, and yeah. she's been in some other really, really, really great movies. Um, she, she, at first, you go, oh no, because the thing is, is that neither of the actresses they've got playing the older versions. So Emma Dar- uh, Darcy plays the older princess. They don't look 
at all like that's you know, a people. Yeah, I'll, they've I'll not really chosen you know great likenesses because i mean the, with the princess um the young princess has a uh, a very pr- uh, pronounced mouth she has a, you know she has a certain look and the younger version looks absolutely nothing like her whatsoever right that that i i, I fully but understand being a bit i jarring. will say because both of the act- the older actresses are so good you i, I just you just go with it, it sure I think if they'd have been lesser actresses, you you would have been. I'd have been really disappointed. There's. I'll, I'll give you an example of one that always annoyed me. So, have you ever seen Rome? No. Oh, dude, watch Rome. Yeah, it's se- one of those things that passed me by, and then there was it's there's two a, seasons. You know. right? The first season is phenomenal. Mm. The second season is still good, Just but because, good. but because of they kind of knew that they weren't going to get another season and money was an issue. It kind of feels a bit more rushed and like a bit more sort of truncated, but okay. it's still amazing. So there's a, there's a, in the first season, there's a, uh, Oct- uh, the, the, there's a kid that plays Octavian um, who would go on to become the emperor. Um, he, in the first season, he is amazing. He is, a, he's a really good little actor. And I don't think he ever really did much else. Um, but he's really good, and when they swap him in this for an older actor in the in the second season, he's just not as good. He, he's not as good an actor, and it was really disappointing. But in this one, thankfully, I think because they've chosen two very strong actresses. For well, the I guess old, that's probably you know, why they went overlooks. They went for like let's go for actors. yeah. You know, and they I may think, not look similar, but they're fantastic. Exactly, so. and I think in the in yeah. the end that actually is a better idea than making them just look like them. I I, I was actually thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, Matt Smith is oh he's so brilliant as this as a, a, a sort of, he he he's got his own ambitions, but he loves his brother and he loves his niece and he. He doesn't really want to do anything against them, but he also wants to fulfil his own ambitions. And he's so good as this. Just He's just a nasty piece of work. He's really good. And there's this brilliant scene where he comes, uh, in, in the first episode, where he comes out uh, for Tawny wearing this armour. And it's literally, oh, there's Elric of Mondebonet. He literally is just fucking Elric. It's fucking brilliant. And I've apparently... Um, Martin did base him on um, Elric, so you, you sure? So like, yeah, okay, I you can you can see that. Um, yeah. Paddy Constantine is the king who is this amazing. He's this king who he's a good man. He's just not a very good king. Sure, he's. He, I mean, he is a good king, but he's not. He's not making the decisions he should be making. He's not. Uh-huh. He doesn't have the ruthless streak his brother has. Right. A king should have, you know, there's a, a king should have should be good, but he should also have a certain amount of, you know, spine. Let's say. I mean, he's not a coward, but he's he he just doesn't seem to have. He he so wants to do the good thing that he he does he he just makes wrong decisions. It is really really good. As I said, it's, this is this isn't a review. It's just a. I would highly recommend it. Actually, I think it's really good. Just for those two um, characters alone, and it's not perfect. It's not as good as the first couple of seasons of Game of Thrones. Sure, um, 
but it is fucking good. And I was really surprised at how good it is. Well, that's good. And certainly at the moment where there's, you know, there's a, we're bereft of really good things. I think this is a genuinely good thing. Yeah. Well, no, that's, that's great. Um, and, and speaking of good things, this, uh, yeah some news this cool. made me very happy over the last well the last couple well a couple of weeks ago and now today or yesterday okay. today yesterday um so uh 3rd of november godzilla day i was watching uh toho's youtube channel live in yes in japan and they were all talking in japanese didn't really know what was going on but you know <laughs> I, I do okay. that as i do as i do um you know it's godzilla day and plus they were making uh there was a short of uh, uh godzilla versus gigan rex which i wanted to see and i knew it was going to be part of that broadcast so i have seen that it's great it's, it's cgi really fun um yeah. i was hoping because they did um uh they did do one with uh guys in suits recently and i was hoping it was going to be one of those but it was cg it was fine it was cool but um but anyway uh during that broadcast they they put something up and i was like did they just did they just do what i thought they did and then i, I looked around and then eventually you know on instagram people were like is this what i think it is and it kind of came out and yes so on the 3rd of November, 2023, Godzilla Day 2023, we are getting a Toho Japanese Godzilla film. A new Japanese Godzilla film. Yes, I did actually hear that and I completely forgot about um, it. There have been rumours for a while now, uh, because there is rumours that it's going to be set in post-war Japan. Yes. Uh, Post-Second World War, uh, which will be really interesting. Um, so I was super excited about that, obviously. That's yeah. that's the big news for me. Uh-huh. But then I'm like, I'm happy with that. That's only a year. That's less than a year away. Uh, you know, I, I'm really excited. I, I love, don't get me wrong, I like the, the legendary Godzilla stuff. It's fine. Yeah, I, do. I think they're really great. But the Japanese Godzilla is where I'm at, right? So I'm oh. like, okay, the real Godzilla is now, now back. You know, like now we're going to, you know, see that. So I can't wait. But then yesterday or today, no, it was today. I'm, uh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm in certain groups that, that, that highlight these things. I find out that Netflix are doing a fucking Gamera reboot. So we have oh, Gamera re- Rebirth, uh, and, and I think it's an animated uh, Gamera show coming to Netflix. And there's, there's fuck all about it, apart from like an animated um, trailer that shows you pretty much just Gamera and then his eye. Um, but yeah, so we're getting a Gamera reboot uh oh, we, cool. yeah so cool i love gamera and and then obviously yeah, godzilla on godzilla day can't wait brilliant oh uh, that's, so it's that's good cool. for me it's good it's good if you like giant smashy yeah. things yep and i smashy things yeah who doesn't <laughs> i actually completely i did see the uh the the, the uh the geigen thing because i didn't i didn't realize it was like official i thought i thought oh was... no the geigen thing was just a short this this yeah this obviously is no uh, but i thought i thought oh that was just some fan i thought it was a fan thing i didn't realize that it was i think it might be a fan thing but it was done for godzilla day it was like licensed by toho yeah the, the godzilla versus geiger max thing um but obviously yeah they, they they've officially announced we are getting a full original japanese godzilla movie in 2023 november yeah. 3rd um i will be there for that because yeah, i think there was there was there were there's been murmurs about it for a while and yes I think it's been rumored were, for a I long think time people were worried that they would we wouldn't get any more of the american one because it 
They, yeah. I don't know why people keep thinking this. There, this is being set in stone for ages. This deal. Yeah. Toho can do what the fuck they want. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Though the Toho are notoriously fickle. Yeah, I think though they're making great money from Legendary, so they're more yeah. than happy. Like they basically can have their cake and eat it because the it, Legendary, uh, or yeah, Legendary have the rights to Godzilla and the Godzilla universe in America. Yeah. But the the contract, as I understand it, also states Toho can make whatever the goddamn hell they want on the what? side, which is why we've had you know we had um, uh, obviously Singular Point last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um we had the Godzilla animated trilogy, we've had Shin Godzilla. All of this has been happening while the American movies have been going on. So yeah. um yeah, it's not an exclusive thing. They can still do their own thing and and I think it's making good money. So I don't think legendary Godzilla stuff's going anywhere. In fact, they've announced the next movie is called Godzilla and Kong, which sounds weird. Um, yeah uh, but but also we're gonna get this you know it's like a couple doesn't it it does it sounds like a romance um <laughs> but uh but yeah so I'm, I'm super happy i i don't know what they're gonna do with it um but either way good fun i'm, I'm hoping for more of a i mean i love chin godzilla um i i'm hoping they go more in that direction which is weird because normally i'd be like oh let's have a you know monster mash fight thing yeah. but i think like i feel like legendary's doing that now like it's we've not... got the silly monster fighting yeah. in in that, so I would love to see a more sort of serious Godzilla. No, no, movie. More, no more Kennys, please. No, no, <laughs> not the Kennys. Uh, but yeah, so that was the good news. Um, and obviously a Gamera rebirth that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm I, I, I haven't seen Gamera for a while. Uh, they did do the um, I forget what it was called. Um, it might have even been called Rebirth of of Gamera. Um, it was a a, a movie that came out couple of years back um but uh, nothing's quite matched that heisei era of gamma the, the the heisei trilogy of gamma is amazing it is good uh, i'm a huge i'm a huge fan especially of the suit because it's my favorite godzilla of of the heisei godzilla era yeah but even i will admit the gamma heisei era puts it puts it in its place okay you know, my... the, the heisei gamma is amazing the names of the the the, the things 90s so the, the the more cat-like one, yes, of Godzilla, yeah, 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 yeah that's my favorite Godzilla. The, 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 yeah. the, the little ears and the yeah, rows of teeth. The, I have the more a huge cat-like. statue of it here. Yes, you do. Yeah, um, I yeah I do like that. That's one of my that's my favorite Godzilla as well. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, in terms of you know uh, direction and and technique, I, I do think that those Gamera Heisei movies really <laughs> do give those movies a run for their money. Um, yeah they do they they, they kind of look they're slick. that good they look slicker don't they they're, i they're... think they do honestly yeah. being you know taking my my love of godzilla put it to one side and just looking at it objectively i think yeah. the heisei gamera might be better and gamera um, is one of the weirder monsters as well so it's it's great i i love that you know it started as is kind of a godzilla ripoff yeah uh, ashamedly so uh, a low yeah. budget lower budget one but you know it became something great in the end i, I love gamera absolutely love gamera and all of its weirdness um yeah good stuff so yeah i'm excited anyway you said you had some good news and then some uh, bad well, news it's also not, not well, you know not a, a big well, thing but it's and negative. Just, just a small thing um so uh and kind of sad in its own way because we know we're, i don't i know whether we're ever going to get it but uh, so Guillermo del Toro shared some um, test footage of his uh, At the Mountains of Madness movie. Oh, my God. Never uh, 
you know that that's he seems to be perpetually working on and never making um so it's just a small clip cg clip of uh, uh someone in uh, uh, like an explorer in the snow and this monster sort of, uh thing like monster coming up behind him it's a it's really good unless it, it's like a 20 second clip really it's not it's it's really short but it's it just gives you a flavor of what you never know it can be i'm still hopeful this is what i mean deadpool started with test footage right yeah and then we ended up with two movies three movies now i guess the the number of times i think he's got you know within grasping different distance of i mean he's, he's had whole cast and everything ready to go and yeah they've just fallen through and it's it's heartbreaking because i'm I'm sure he he'll make a really good version of of that. Well, he is one of the the biggest Lovecraft fans out there. So mm-hmm. you know, if anyone could do it, I think he would. Yeah. So you know, any he, he's got that um, Pinocchio uh, version. Yeah. Which looks odd, but I'm I'm willing to give it a go. It certainly looks better than the Disney version that they just released. Or oh, for one. sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll certainly give it more of a go than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, like I said, it's just just a small thing that I thought that really I, I found really interesting, and it was it's a lovely little little piece of animation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to the sad stuff. Um, Kevin Conroy, yes, uh, amazing voice actor of Batman, uh, died uh, 60, uh, age sixty six uh, of cancer, I believe. Um, what a fucking wonderful guy. Yeah. Um, I think many people have said he isn't, there isn't, there doesn't appear to be any bad stories about this guy. He always had time for fans. Um, he was a genuinely nice guy. Uh, and in my opinion, the best Batman. Uh, well, he, he is definitive. Uh, him and Mark Hamill. They're, they're yeah. the definitive Batman and Joker to me. Yeah, they really are. Um, absolutely. It was yeah. I mean, he obviously he done he done other things, but I think he's you know he he'd been he'd been the Batman for thirty years basically. You know he he's well and 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 I I you know I I occasionally drop in and out of those um those animated shows mm. and like these days if they're not Conroy, it is generally someone trying to do Conroy. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know? It's really fun. It's really funny when you hear someone. It's like. That sounds like Conroy, but doesn't sound quite right. It's like, oh, okay, it's not Conroy. They're just trying to do Conroy. <laughs> and I think the, the, the Joker does a similar thing with that as well with Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill, he said, you know, said that whenever he was asked to do the Joker, he he said, "Is Kevin doing it?" And if they said yes, then he immediately didn't. He said, "Yeah, I'll do it then." Yeah, yeah. You know that that, that says something about you know, and he says he he you know Hamill says he was a genuinely you know beautiful person um i did not know he was gay uh no i had no idea no i mean not the not the kind of thing i wouldn't necessarily uh, it's not my business but apparently he wrote um there was a um so there's a story he wrote for um i think that dc did a pride thing right right okay they had a number of uh pride stories i think most of them apparently weren't terribly good but his his was very personal his was like he was autobiographical. Oh right, I had um, no idea. It told how um, he went 
you know, through through acting school and stuff and how he grew up with a schizophrenic brother um, mm. and uh, how he was treated in, you know, in, in acting circles and stuff. And, and then at his lowest point, he got the, the job of voicing Batman and he took it really seriously. And, you know, you can see how. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> you know, from the beginning. And it, I think it kind of, it, you know, at the time, I think it saved him. And I, I haven't read that story, but it sounds like it was a really yeah, good story. I'll, I'll have to check and, it out. So, yeah, I, I, what a wonderful guy. What a wonderful voice. And, and the voice of Batman. Yeah. Um, and... Sorry, go on. No, is that no gear? Yeah, you carry on. No, I was just going to say, and, and on the, the, the subject of sad things, and, and also we were just talking about Heisei Godzilla, just reminded me, um, Kazuki uh, Amori. Uh, passed away this week as well uh director of uh at least a uh, way director of godzilla vs biolante um i Which is one of the really good ones. think godzilla vs king Ghidorah as well uh oh. and then he also wrote uh godzilla vs mothra and vs destroyer so so he was pretty much like the heisei period was his yeah. his baby uh yeah he passed away this week so um that mm. sucks uh and finally uh leslie phillips Leslie Phillips. Yes. I'm so, to, uh, who that is. He was. Uh, he was ninety-eight, uh, but he was. Um, he was in a uh, number of Carry On movies, uh, and he was in the the Doctor movies. The Doctor. I don't know whether you've ever seen them, but sort of similar to the Carry On. Oh movies. yes, I, I know now. Sorry, not, I've just looked. Not quite up. the same thing as, as Carry On, but they they had a similar humour um, to them. They were really really great movies. Um, I think most younger people would know him as the voice of, well, they probably wouldn't know him, but he was the voice of the sorting hat um, in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Uh, so they probably wouldn't know him from that, but he was a wonderful actor. He, pl- he played very sort of, you know, suave, slightly dodgy characters. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of the roles that he played probably wouldn't get, you would, wouldn't get away with these days, um, but he was a wonderfully charming uh, man, a wonderfully charming actor. Um, so and you know, not quite as sad as, as Conroy because he he was he was a lot older. So, but still, you know, sad, wonderful actor. Yeah, absolutely. That's well, I me. won't ask you what we're doing next time because I know you don't know yet. We haven't decided, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will be back next week with a full deep dive movie review. Just haven't picked what one it is yet, but. Uh, Until then, thank you for listening, stay safe, and we will catch you next time.